have uh, a LP candidate running from one of the most difficult states, I would say. Um, and he is absolutely dedicated to being the newest uh, U.S. congressman for the state of Alaska. Everyone, welcome. Chris, bye. How you doing, Chris? Hey, how you guys doing today? Uh, like I said, I'm Chris Bai. I am from Alaska. I live in the most fantastic state in the union. No offense. Um, None taken. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm very glad to be here today. Thanks for having me on, Jake. Yeah, of course. So I guess kind of tell, uh, tell everyone a little bit about yourself and uh, sure. kind of where you come from. Okay. Uh, so probably the most important thing, uh, is, is that I've seen, I've seen the, I've seen the dirty underbelly of bureaucracy. Um, when I was in the army, I was stationed in that. I, I made several deployments overseas, combat deployments, where I had the luxury of leading some of the finest young men and women into battle and spending copious amounts of taxpayer dollars. Some of it was really, really cool. Uh, and most of it was uh, just a travesty uh, from beginning to end. Um, we would call that a crap show uh, in the army. And uh, I, I, I came home from Iraq and I was pretty bitter. And I still had to put on a pretty brave face for the young men and women that I led. And I had this amazing mentor hand me a book called Liberty Defined by Ron Paul. And immediately I was like, how come we're not doing this? Like, this makes like sense. Why are we not advocating for this, right? And then I realized it's because of me and people like me. We have settled for the lesser of two evils. And uh, this is the result. Two parties that if one party declared that they needed oxygen to breathe, the other party would hold their breath and take them to court. I mean, that's literally where we're at. Uh, so we had an election here uh, in the Fairbanks area, and there's a, there's a group of vets I was working with, and we all decided one day that one of us was going to have to run. Someone was going to have to be the, like, sacrificial lamb, right? The, uh, the recon element, if you use Army vernacular. And so we played rock, paper, scissors. I lost. I immediately quit my job on Fort Wainwright as a bureaucrat. And here I am talking to you today. Like literally, that's how it went down. Um, and it's been, it's been sobering. It's been exciting. Uh, it's been pretty amazing. You would be surprised for your audience who's who's listening. There are still a lot of great people in America. I mean, like really good people, and we don't hear from them because it's not advantageous for the media to talk about them. Um, whether we're talking about my campaign manager, who's as crazy as a loon, or we're talking <laughs> about our neighbor who's been out on the corner, like, you know, those guys from the tax places and they spin the sign around and they look all kinds of goofy. And you're like, man, thank God I'm not that guy. Well, yeah. I literally have a neighbor who's like <laughs> old and he sits at the corner with my sign in a fairly busy intersection in the neighborhood. And he spins that sign, you know, day in, day out for me. Uh, I don't pay him. I don't have any money to pay him. We're libertarians. Um, and <laughs> it's just eye-opening. And, you know, if there's one thing I want your audience to know is that, first, I, I'm just a normal dude. Like, I, I literally 
I am a fishing guide. Like I was just tying this before we got on. I, um, you know, I'm a vet. I'm an Alaskan. So I've got some unique ideas about some, uh, some things. But deep down inside, I'm just a normal dude. Like most of the people that listen to this program. And so if we don't start standing up and demanding better representation, we're always going to be the tail end Charlie of this. And uh, man, I tell you, Jacob, I, I strongly encourage, if it's a hundred bucks, Shannon and I will figure out how to get you a hundred bucks to run, but we've got to have more people running for every position. And uh, you know, I, I went straight for the DC. Am I a politician? Hell no. I'm a fishing guide. I, I can't even spell politician. I have to rely on Microsoft <laughs> to do it for me, but, but I'm, I'm willing. And you know, if the one thing the army did teach me is problem solving doesn't always have to end with shooting somebody. Though it might be ex might be timely and it might be accurate and it might be better feeling for you in the long run. In the short run, you don't have to kill everybody. You can talk to them and listen to them, right? And so that's really what we advocated our, our campaign on. If you go to any of our stuff, you'll see I always end it with be brave and, and stay encouraging, right? Because at the end of the day, no one's going to claim that the buy campaign was uh, not loving. And that's really what we based our uh, campaign on. And it's been, it's been rewarding. So yeah, there you go. You got it all in a nutshell. So tell me a little bit about the, the area you're, you're in, uh, the, the, the people, the, the demographic, uh, what, sure. what's the typical type of job? Um, okay. So let's, let's talk about politics, even though it's not my favorite subject. Uh, my favorite subject by far is fishing and then followed with sex. So we'll just stick with, with, uh, <laughs> for right now. So I would say that right now in Alaska, we have a very unique political atmosphere. Uh, we have roughly 30% Republicans, 25% Democrats. The problem is that those are the voters. And then the rest, which is, I don't know, 42%, something like that. The, re the no, sorry, 52%. Uh, the rest are independents. And they are, they, they, they go everywhere from as far as Bernie Sanders to as far right as, uh, I don't know, crazy. I mean, they're, 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 they're the whole gamut. It's, it's actually fascinating and, and a lot of fun. Uh, that, however, is also kind of schizophrenic, right? When you try to find a group of people to march forward in the same direction, but all of them think that leaning left or leaning right is the only direction that's available to them. It's it's a bit challenging. And so this is kind of how it breaks down in Alaska. A little bit, of, a little geography lesson first, right? So Alaska starts in Brownsville, Texas, right? And it goes all the way north to Minot, North Dakota. So that's north to south. And then if you put the edge on the Mississippi River, it goes from Mississippi River all the way out to Los Angeles. So that's, that's Alaska, right? However, it only has 720,000 people living in it. And of that, roughly 450 are actual, 450,000 are actually voters. We kind of break down north-south as well. So in the south, we call that southeast Alaska. They are really heavily dependent on a state federal funded maritime highway, basically a series of ferries. Then you hit the road system. That includes Anchorage, the largest city, Wasilla and Palmer, which are fairly large. And then 
I live way up north, uh, just past the last uh, known four-way stoplight uh, in a place called Fairbanks, which has roughly about 100,000 people. And then that's it for the road system. Uh, and it, about 60% uh, about of the population lives on the road system. And then there's everything outside the road system in Southeast Alaska. We would call that the bush. And everything there either gets boated in or they use an ice road in the winter, which is a lot of fun and pretty cool, or it gets flown in by airplane. And it's extremely expensive to live out there. And they are heavily subsidized, not just from the Fairbank, uh, not just from the state with fuel incentives, but also with a lot of federal money that goes into there. Um, they choose to live out there, though, right? So, you know, uh, that's your decision. But along with that decision comes all the consequences. And that's kind of how we roll. Now, as far as how that all kind of breaks out, it's ugly. Uh, People in the bush love their freedom, but they really love their federal dollars. That's why uh, the former representative uh, who now passed away, Mr. Don Young, really was able to get a lot of backing because he was bringing in the pork to keep those people out in the bush and to keep the maritime highway running without the need of privatizing anything. Obviously, we look at things a little differently, right? We know that you can't keep kicking that debt can down the road because it's sooner or later one of our little ones is going to have to pick up that and they're going to be enslaved by that debt simply because of the way we choose to live today. And we, we just got to do better on that. Now, conversely, if you go down to Anchorage and Juneau, they are heavily Democrat. That is, you know, their D, their capital D there, right? Probably pretty much all capital letters, actually, when you spell it Democrat. Um, and that's a, that's a really hard place for me to run. Um, and I was really trying to get about 40% of them to vote for me. Again, because I, I don't care who you sleep with at night, and I don't care who you wake up with in the morning. I just, it's none of my business, and it's none of the government's business. Go get them, Tiger. I just don't care. Uh, and the federal government should care even less. You know what I care about is making sure that you have opportunity, right? Making sure you have the freedom to make those decisions on your own. And that, while that resonates well with uh, Democrats, what doesn't resonate well is me telling them, no, someone in Philadelphia or someone in Denver or someone in San Antonio, Texas shouldn't pay taxes so that you can have child care paid for by the federal government. That doesn't work too well for the, for the Democrats. So I really have to, I got to find those items just like Larry Sharp, right? I got to find those items that we can all agree on and then exploit them for the biggest bang for the buck. And what I have found uh, thus far is, is really the idea that normal people can make better decisions than politicians. And if we're really tired of DC decisions, then we need to get rid of these career politicians. And so uh, I'd like to say I made that up, but uh, I didn't. I actually had some of my people uh, that I spoke to told me that. They once came up to me like, Chris, I think you can make a better decision than a politician. And I was like, well, that almost rhymed. Let's use that. <laughs> so we've been using it. Uh, and that's really, if you go to my website, right, it's timealaska.com. It was a little pun because Don Young has been there since Richard Nixon declared Richard Nixon wasn't a crook, like 1973. He literally has been there since 73. He is the number two congressman we've ever had in the state. Uh, I will be number three. Um, because of that, we had a little pun. We called our website. It's timealaska.com. And if you go to that website, you're going to find a lot of unique topics in there. And I'd like to say I was the brain trust for all that, but that would be a total lie. Uh, I am not a politician, so I don't have all the answers. 
I got those from listening to people. Uh, I simply would ask them, you know, what's important to you? And then those things would start tallying up. And then finally, I was like, wow, we, we got enough to put something on a website. So I had Shannon find me a good web manager. Um, and then we, we, uh, we started putting that online. And man, I, I encourage everybody, you know, I'm just a fishing guide, so I don't have all the answers. What, what I prefer is you go to my website, and if you like what you see, send me a note. And if you don't like what you see, don't let me run around no clothes on. You know, tell somebody, you know, so I can fix it. And so that's literally how we built our website. Uh, and it's, again, it's, the feedback's been pretty good. There's always those, you know, contrarians, right? Those guys are like, nah, I could do better. But yeah, sure you can. If you could, you'd be running. So we started a little challenge. Uh, I've got a little brain trust of vets and they're like, hey, if that guy wants to run, I'll give him the hundred bucks to run. You got good enough ideas there, smart guy? Bring him to the table because what we currently have isn't working. So bring it up. And uh, we, we're going to put that on the website. We put it out on Facebook the other day because uh, he didn't give me a real address. In fact, three of them haven't given me real addresses. They're all about <laughs> squawking and poking, but they're, they're not willing to you know, get into bed with me. So if they're not going to do that, then, uh, then we'll just call them out. Here's a hundred bucks. You run. And um, one of them's already Nobody wants the to run. It was like, oh, they all told me to pound sand. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, then you're scared. <laughs> and I, you know what's yeah. unique about that, Jacob? And I don't want to do all the talking, so you'll have to interrupt me. No, you're what's fine. unique about that? Man, I understand they're scared. Uh, brother, I, <laughs> I don't know anybody, at least not in my immediate circle, who's never been scared before. I mean, good gravy. I mean, I've been shot at. I've been blown up. You know, I've, I've held people until they died. Um, you know, I've had to put people out of fire. I, I've had to do bad things to people who needed it. I mean, I, I, man, I know what it feels like to be scared, right? And so what we continually try to do is, is give encouragement, right? I'm, I got it. You're too scared to run. Okay, fine. Then let's craft a message together that makes sense, that doesn't enslave future generations. Like, we can do this. But what I need people to do is stop being a label maker, right? I mean, I can get a label maker from Office Max or Walmart. What I need is I need someone with cojones and some brass to stand up and say, hey, this is a problem. This is what I think should be done to fix it. Instead, what I get is a bunch of people who are, you know, yeah, they're fire starters, you know? I mean, I don't need that. Uh, and so I call them out because that's what brave people do, right? We just call it out. So uh, that, that's not always good for campaigning. So <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that as a strategy. Well, I mean, as long as you are being truthful, there's there's no there's no amount of campaigning that would be too radical. Uh, you know, you yeah, you would think that, right? Uh, especially after the last administration, the current one. You know, you can almost get away with anything and um, and still get elected, and that's really what we're getting. Jacob, right? We're really telling people, hey, I know it's scary to get outside your traditional voting pathway. I understand that. I, I mean, I've been that guy. Like, I am the guy who voted for the lesser of two evils numerous times. I mean, I'm 48 years old and I, and I vote all the time. Like, I am a conscientious voter and I've had to hold my nose and be like, oh, dear God, am I really, is this the best we got? Oh, crap. <laughs> you know, now, at least in Alaska and for you in your state, no, there is normal people that can run and make better decisions than what we've got going on right now. So we're so that's what we're doing, and uh, you know I'm, I think Shannon might be listening. Uh, I encourage her to. I, I'm a team player, right? Um, 
my my brain trust is about six vets who are all angry and crusty. Uh, every one of them has a chip on their shoulder. They're they're picking sweet. Um, and then I've got uh, a little brain trust in a place called Healy, which is like a pimple on a butt. There ain't much there except for a, a big grocery store in Denali National Park. And then I got a small brain trust that helps me out in uh, Anchorage and a little bit out in the bush. And that, you know, I don't know, 13 people maybe. And uh, and then I have all of Alaska that I that I listen to and uh, they provide me all kinds of feedback. Some of it good, some of it. Eh. And so you got to weed through that, you know, and uh, do the best we can do. But uh, it's been a it's been a good it's been a good ride so far. Uh, I've gotten two fishing trips out of it, which is also good. Um and I've met some, you know, just spectacular people. Uh, I mean, some of the just best people you've ever, you could ever come across um, in a myriad of jobs and, and things, you know. Um, let's talk about some of the topics, right? Uh, yeah. Are... Um, so that, that's what I wanted to ask you about. Say you win. You're in there tomorrow. What do you plan on doing? What, what, what is the, the biggest issues that affect your area okay so let's let's look at the the maintenance of it first right the foundational blocks so the first thing i'm going to do is uh, i'm going to ask alaskans who wants to be at who wants to be at the table I, when i get elected i am not just the representative of the folks who voted me in i'm the representative for everybody in alaska that includes folks who didn't vote for me that includes people who want San Antonio to pay for their child care. I mean, I am the representative for everybody. And so I have a pretty big table and everybody gets a seat. Now, that being said, most of those seats are reserved for libertarians because freedom and liberty come first. That's just how I roll. That doesn't mean everybody else doesn't have a voice. It just means that at the end of the day, if it's going to cost me money or it's going to cost someone in San Antonio or Omaha money, then that's a big fat no. Like, it's pretty easy. If it's, if it's going to incur debt, on some kid who hasn't been born yet, who's not even in the workforce yet, that would be a no. If it's something that infringes on other people's freedom, well, that's a hard no. If it's something that costs a sugar ton of money, we'll have to think about that one. But if it's something we can do like deregulation that doesn't cost us anything, then we should get after it, right? So I've got a big table um, for those kind of people to give me insight. Now, the next thing we have to do is we've got to set our sights on things that that actual one dude can get done, right? There's three things that we really need to get after. One of which isn't going to be done in Congress, and that's the balanced budget amendment. Now, that's a little weird for a libertarian to be saying, I know. But the, the, the D.C. politics and those politicians and those special interests aren't going to allow that to go through simply because we the people want that, right? That's how they fund stuff. That's how they get their special money, by by not having a balanced budget means that they can always go back to Santa Claus's big red bag and pull out money and sprinkle it freely around to ensure their future election um, success. So what's going to have to happen is someone in D.C. is going to have to be that guy who says, I think maybe we need a state's convention to get this fixed because this just isn't going to get fixed on its own. Uh, it's just not. And there's a really good example about that. In 1995-96, Newt Gingrich was pressed up against the wall. He was the Speaker of the House at the time. And he was pressed against the wall uh, while uh, Bill Clinton was going through, like, who he had sex with or what cigar he was smoking or whatever the hell he was doing. 
And so Newt Gingrich couldn't pass the buck on to that. So he had to address term limits. And so they ramshackle the budget through. He saved about four days to talk about term limits. And a very famous guy got up and said, uh, and said his name was Hyde, Mr. Hyde. He was a representative of uh, either Indiana or Illinois. And he said, Americans might not know this right now, but in times of trouble, I'm paraphrasing, in times of trouble and in time of great duress, they're going to need a professional politician to help make them help make decisions for them. Now, Henry Hyde was a Republican. He's best known for the Hyde Amendment for removing government money from abortions. And I and I looked at that comment and I remember looked the face on Newt Gingrich at the time because it was on TV. And I remember him like nodding. He was like, mm, very wise, very wise. Yes, they're going to need, you know, a politician, a career politician to help make you know decisions. And I would simply say, Jacob, into your audience, just just look at what we have right now, right? We have thirty trillion dollars of debt. If that was one hundred dollar bills, it would go out past Pluto, out past Pluto, back to the sun, and then back to like Venus or something like that. I mean, that is a lot of hundred dollar bills, right? And then we've got twenty years of war. And if our current administration continues down the pathway it's going right now, we're going to increase from twenty years of war probably to a very final war where we all get cooked like crispy critters. So we've got those professional politicians. Then we've got the Patriot Act, which was 100% a you know, career politician idea. And then we've got all this like weird bureaucracy that's built to protect politicians, but still punish us. And we call that the executive branch, right? The EPAs of the world, the FTC, the... Uh, it's the FEC, which is something I'm learning more and more about, the CDC, the FDA, the National Traffic Safety Board, and more importantly, in our place here in Alaska, the National, the North Pacific Fisheries Management Council. Um, that is a group of industry and government acolytes who get together and make determination on how we fish in Alaska. Oddly enough, Washington and Oregon also have seats on the one area that surrounds Alaska. Water didn't even touch those states, but yet they still have seats at our table. It's, it's mildly frustrating. It's like any council or board you see in the government, right? It's almost always inundated with bureaucrats and uh, insiders, right? I mean, we can look at the COVID medicine board, right, from the FDA. Uh, that board comprises of something like 14, 19 people. If I remember my NPR article right, 19 people of those 19, nine of them are active in the industry. Four of them are former executives from the pharmaceutical in industry. Two of them are bureaucrat scientists and one of them is a bureaucrat. I mean, that, like literally that's who made all the decisions on how we were going to get vaccinated and what kind of crap was coming down to inject us with. Not one of those people is a normal human being. Like they're just not, they are bought off and paid for by the industry or by federal government incentives. And our fisheries management council here for Alaskan waters is in a similar state. And we just got to get rid of that. Right? So uh, that's one we're going to work on. So we've got the balanced budget amendment and then we've got this like weird bureaucracy thing. And the way I think we can do that is by auditing them. Right? Nobody does anything until you cost them money. And when we start putting, you know, let's pick a bad guy. I don't know. Let's uh, let's pick that lady Nina, right? The one in charge of the, uh, or formerly in charge of uh, the Ministry of Disinformation or the Ministry of Truth, sure, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's her name. Whatever that is, right? 
you know, like, first and foremost, like, she was getting paid. Like, no one does that job simply because they're not getting paid, right? Um, and if we take those kind of people, when we audit them, where's all your money going? And by the way, it better be done right. Otherwise, I'm throwing you in jail. Right? Because you took this job. There's some responsibility with that job. And if you're failing the taxpayers because you don't know where all this money's going, you get fired and you go to jail. There's a lovely couple jails. There's one in Terre Haute, Indiana. There's one at Fort Leavenworth. There's one out into the Presidio. That's perfect for you. Oceanside View. We give them a couple 10 years in jail for you know, fraud, waste, and abuse. And then we move on to the next turkey until we find the right guy or gal who can stand up on their own two feet and say no to spending money, right? Or at least have an accurate idea where the money's going. And now if we look at the DOD, that's a good example right now. You know, in 2018, they were told they needed to do a audit. And it is now 2022, and they still haven't completed the audit that was due in 2018. And nobody's been fired from that. And they're making something like, I don't know, $40 billion? I mean, it's, it's a crap ton of money. No one's been fired. No one's been held accountable. And do we really want to trust our blood, our tr most tr valued treasure with these idiots? They can't even find a dollar bill or a truck. Why the hell would I give them my kid? Get out of here with that mess. You know, so what we really need to do as libertarians is really start like, as much as I like Spike and the gang and Reason and everybody, but what we ought to do is we ought to be finding these individuals uh, like Lloyd Austin, right? Who was a general whom I may have served with in the past, um, who went on to work for Raytheon, one of the largest defense contractors, and then was miraculously pulled out of that job to become the Secretary of Defense. He is a bureaucrat. What we ought to be able to, what we ought to be doing is attacking that guy. We ought to be on that dude like white on rice in a blizzard. I mean, that dude, <laughs> he would know that Chris By is following him and we're copying every word he's using. And not only am I copying every word, but I'm holding him accountable for every one of those words. I'm not advocating violence, but what I am advocating is a, is a magnifying glass, maybe with the sun directly behind us, you know, something that puts a little heat on the guy. And then we start going after people like this. I mean, if, you know, Maxine Waters can get up there and yell about Republicans all the time, surely a libertarian can get up and be like, bureaucrats, you're on notice, you know, bring out the tar and feather, whatever we got to do. Uh, you know, I, I think the problem is we're loud in our own circles, right? And we're very comfortable in our own circles. But what, what I would find in Alaska is that we're not very good about integrating ourselves into the decision-making process um, and the social process here in Alaska. And I'm, we're breaking that. I mean, with Miss Shannon and my, my little brain trust, like we're, we're trying to do the right thing. I mean, I've gone to every Republican campaign meeting. I was surprised they even invited me. I've been to all but three for the Democrats. They finally disinvited me here recently when I was like, are you kidding me? Is really Santa Claus? I mean, really? Um, who is running, by the way? Um, and I think by having a seat at the table, they can actually put a face to a libertarian and be like, hold on, this guy lives right down the road from me. He's one of my neighbors, you know? He, I mean, not all of us smoke dope and drink. I mean, I'm a good example of that. I don't do any of that crap. Knock yourself out. You want to go get it? Do it. Knock yourself out, Tiger. Go get go get him. Um, I'm I spend all my money on fishing stuff, so that's where all that goes. And my kids. Um, yeah, I'm rambling. I'm sorry. I don't have my notes in front of me. Shan's gonna like destroy me tonight. Um, 
anyway, so we've talked about the balanced budget. We talked about the bureaucracy. We talked about how to address the bureaucracy by finding those individuals, those widgets, and just hammering them every chance we can get. And then the last thing, oh, and we talked about the boards, which is very important. Uh, the last thing I would say is in Alaska, something like 62% of our land is owned by the federal government. Now, that, that's kind of a big number, but let's put this into perspective just a little. We've been a state since 1959. We had the same congressman for 47 years, and we are still waiting on 36 million acres of land to be handed over to Alaskans. 36 million acres. That's the size of New York. That's the size of, Wash of West Virginia and South Carolina combined. You know, when you look at the infrastructure that New York has or West Virginia or South Carolina, and imagine not having those states in the union, right? Just pluck them out, know, give them to somebody else. That, that's what's happening right now in Alaska. And there is no impetus to expedite this. Like they're slow rolling it because they know as soon as we've got that land, that's opportunity. And as soon as we've got opportunity, we'll have more people here and we'll have a bigger voice. And then we'll be going after people like 62% of our land being owned by the federal government. I mean, you can't even go outside and pee in the woods and, and prevent a forest fire without, you know, a parky uh, or a forest ring. <laughs> parky. <laughs> so That's we, funny. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. We, we need, we need some of those people, right? I mean, they keep, they keep the other half from going crazy and cutting down every tree and everything like that. I mean, uh, you know, we get that. But there's got to be some balance in the force, right? I mean, we can't all be Luke Skywalkers or we can't all be Yodas, right? I mean, it's somewhere along the line, we've got to have someone who's like, hey, we need to protect the future, right? And there's a balance to it. Right now, salmon is a renewable resource and it's unbalanced and we're not getting the salmon upriver, possibly because this North Pacific Fisheries Management Council isn't representative of anybody on a river system. Right. Salmon is a statewide issue in Alaska. It's not just a coastal thing because salmon go all the way up to where I live here in Fairbanks. It's a twenty six hundred mile swim where they don't eat. And we rely on that because it makes other fish in the ecosystem grow bigger. And as a guide, I'm kind of concerned about bigger fish. And the same would be true if you're on Galena, where they actually eat the fish or Eagle or, you know, you name a, a Yukon River town. And right now, because of the way the management council set up, they don't have a voice. And that's wrong. Like, that's just wrong. We could do better. So when we really look at that land management and we incorporate the bureaucracy that goes with it, you know, there's a lot of unique things that we can accomplish. And what we do is we just make it sinful not to come along with us. There's a really good example of this. Um, you know, I... I got a, a new phone because AT&T said that they needed their 1990s phone back. Uh, so I got this, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's about time. Right. It's some kind of phone. Uh, but I, I was reluctant to get it because I know that cobalt is used in making every lithium electronics to include electric vehicles down to the laptop and the iPad that I'm talking to you on right now. Yep. Which is mined by little child hands. You got it, buddy. So surely we, honestly, we're, we're Americans, right? Mm -hmm. We can see that as a problem. And libertarians have an answer to that. We've got universities that train people to do this crap, to go and find the metal and, and dig it out of the ground in an environmentally sustainable way. And we put it into the raw ingredients network that's necessary to build things like this. 
Or I guess we could rely on killing six to 12 year olds. And I mean, I guess, I guess we could do that too, but that's not me, right? I, I can't go, I can't sit by and, and see that go down. In fact, that fires me up like nobody's business. Um, and so we're going to, that, that's one of the deals. Like we not just get that 36 million acres here for Alaska, but we then use that as opportunity for the graduates that we are currently exporting, which is another topic, right? Alaska funds uh, about a third of the university here uh, from its budget. And then oddly enough, uh, it's more than that. It's 48%, excuse me, 48% of its budget is done from the state. What's unique about that is then students come in, they pay their tuition, and then we export about a third of those folks to some other location around the world. And <laughs> uh, that's like a self-licking ice cream cone that just melts and just leaves a mess. Right? <laughs> I mean, we, we could do better than that. So the way we get, do better is that we provide opportunity to, to these young people who are graduating, these professional, you know, they're skilled professionals at that moment. We provide them opportunity to show us what they've learned and demonstrate what they've learned. But in order to do that, I really need normal people in D.C. Because we every two to four years, we get this like weird, chaotic turmoil in the natural resource development that just shakes Alaska to its core. And it's frustrating. I mean... My neighbor is a good example, right? Dave. Uh, Dave works in the oil field. Um, and when the current president took over, Dave was given 60 days of a job. And then he's been out of work now for uh, 18 months. Now, Dave is brilliant and he saved most of his money anyway. And so he doesn't have to work if he doesn't want to. He just enjoys it. But, you know, there's a good example of Dave who works hard. He's really good at what he does, but because of every two to four years, this turmoil that affects natural resources, Dave's out of a job. And it isn't just Dave, his wife. His wife depends on that money too. Their kids depend on that money. The bills that he has depend on that money. And yet, you know, we've got you know, these people who have good intentions, but have lost sight of the second and third order effects. And it's sad and frustrating all at the same time. And uh, I think that's really what's key to this, right? Um, I don't believe that there are bureaucrats who sit on the sideline and be like, how can we screw the next American? I just don't, I don't, I don't think that's what occurs. But what I think happens is that they see an issue, they think they can solve it with money, and they don't understand the second and third order effects. And a, and a really good example is our is our Yukon River salmon fishery, which is declining in vast numbers because it's not being controlled by us. It's being controlled by industry who always has to have a, a growth cycle that goes up, right? The same would be true in New Orleans. And this is a big leap, so stay with me, right? But basically, every time it rains, New Orleans fills up with water. And they got to do something with it, right? So after Katrina, they put in the world's largest water pumps. I mean, these things are enormous. I think you can pass like the fuselage of a 747 through the thing. Unfortunately, it does an amazing job of taking care of water in New Orleans. The problem is towns like Slidell, Kokiri, all the other downriver locations are up to water to their crotch, if not up to their neck, right? Because now all that water got pumped out of New Orleans and now it's flooding them. And that is a good example of how well-intended bureaucrats and researchers attempted to solve a problem with the best of intentions and failed, at least somewhere along that 
system, right? And we see that every day. And I, and I liken this back to the Republicans and Democrats. If you continually just use your blinker when you're driving and you continually make a left-hand turn, right? You're going to come right back, left-hand turn, left-hand turn, left-hand turn. You're coming right back to $30 trillion of debt, right? We're enslaving future generations. That's, that's what you come back to. Or you come back to six and 12-year-olds digging cobalt out for our cell phone. That, that's what you get to. If you make a right-hand turn after right-hand turn after right-hand turn after right-hand turn, you come back to $30 trillion of debt. It's, it's magic. You know, if it's not $30 trillion of debt, it's the Patriot Act. Again, who in the world would think we'd have secret courts? You know, or it's uh, the infrastructure bill for $1.2 trillion. I mean, it's just asinine. So what I advocate for is I ask people, look, maybe, just maybe, instead of turning the blinker on left or right, what if we just used, I don't know, the windshield wipers? And we wipe the crud off the window, and maybe we stop, or maybe we go straight. We don't have to turn. But what we have to do is make take in all of the inputs and all the details before we have diarrhea of the mouth and make a decision. And oftentimes, I think what happens is we're taking all these cues, the government's taking all these cues from industry, and they're not really asking you, Jacob, or me, or my boy who's helping me set up for my fly tying class here shortly. They're not asking us, what, what do you think? Jacob, what's important to you, right? And if it's important to you, how important is it? And what do you think your solutions are? I, I, I got to close, but I, I'd be remiss if I didn't pass this on. And, you know, I, I'm a vet, right? I, I've, uh, I've been to Iraq and I've been to Afghanistan and a handful of other locations that were miserable. There is <laughs> no better place in the world than America, period. Uh, there's some that are close, uh, but uh, I have seen other places and I came back here. So that's an indication, right? I am driving through a little town called Hardington, Nebraska. It's this little farm community up in northeast Nebraska, out near Sioux City, Norfolk, Yankton, South Dakota. And uh, on the side is this huge barn, right? Just like you would think in a farm. Big red barn. It's faded paint. But perfectly painted on the side is an American flag, right? And underneath that American flag and like, you know, beautiful cursive writing that I would never, ever do on my own says home of the free because of the brave. Now, obviously they're giving homage to vets, right? I would say to you and your audience that the only reason why we're free isn't necessarily and totally because of vets. It's because of voters. And if, if we continue to have voters settle for the lesser of two evils, then we're going to continue to have the status quo, which we have right now, which let's face it is an erosion of our freedom and liberty. So when I, when I'm listening to people and then they ask what I think, like you've done here, I always go back to that right hand, left hand turn thing. Right. And because it really symbolizes the bravery necessary for a voter who would never, ever, ever imagine them being in line with a guy who thinks it's okay to smoke pot. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't know any Democrats that are really cool with that. And I don't know any Republicans that think that's a good idea, but the idea that they would see that as a Liberty and freedom issue coming again, making those turns. Right. And then putting in their mindset that that's actually 
It's actually a symptom of bravery to be able to vote for somebody to execute their freedoms, even if it's something that you don't agree with. Like that's liberating. You know, we don't have to shoot ourselves in the foot to prevent another group of folks from doing something they want to do. That's the beauty of libertarianism, right? I, I, knock yourself out. Go get them, Tiger. I, it's none of my business. It's none of the government's business. Like literally, that's how I feel about a lot of things. But See, got, that libertarianism is actually fairly self-serving. Yeah. If I don't, if I don't, if I don't protect your rights, my rights are gone. So better believe it. Better believe it. And you know, when you when you think about the the bravery we're asking people, like in your race or in my race, we're we're asking people to really do something hard, right? I mean, I mean, this is what their daddies did, or this is what their mommies voted. And you know, we're asking them, okay. At that time, it may have been right for your mom and dad to vote that way. But now we've got $30 trillion of debt that's, that's enslaving generations that aren't even born yet. I mean, are we okay with that? Or we've got six to 12 year olds digging up cobalt that we could do here in the States. Are we okay with that? I would venture to say most of them are not okay with that. But if they continue to vote with R's and D's, you come back to the same problem set, right? Two it's wings of the same bird. Yep. And it's a shit bird. <laughs> it is, right? So in the army, we used to call that seagull leadership, right? I don't I don't know if you what state you are. <laughs> Utah. Are you, uh, Utah. Okay. So you're down at Salt Lake, right? And uh the sea you're throwing out bread uh, to the pigeons or whatever. And all the seagulls come in, they rough everything up, the pigeons fly away, and then and then the seagulls they shit over everything and then they fly away squawking. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's and a seagull. With like seagull poop on you, right? And that's in the army, we called that sea, we called that seagull leadership, and that's not what we're about, right? That's the cool thing about the Libertarian Party. We can see that charity belongs to us, us, we the people, not the government, and it is up to us to fix these problems, and we can do it. It requires a little bit of money, maybe, and it requires a heck of a lot of time, and it calls a, it's an emotional investment when you come down here to Fairbanks at minus forty and feed a lot of homeless people. Like that, like that wears on a man's soul. I mean, deep down soul. Not, not like the surface Band-Aid stuff, but like deep down because you know minus 40 sucks. Minus 40 hungry and homeless is miserable. You know, damn near deadly. And yet, you know, here we are in a position where we can do that. And it doesn't take the federal government to fix it. And we're all about pushing the decision-making process down to the lowest common denominator, right? And I, and I see that a lot um, where we can do this, but it really requires voters to be brave. And I can't emphasize that enough. I, I know it sounds like I'm beating my own drum here, but Jacob, when you're out or anybody else listening, right? Like that bravery thing, coming from a vet, right? I mean, just take my word for it. Having the courage to go up to somebody and be like, please be brave and don't vote for stupid is really hard to do, right? Don't settle for the lesser of two evils. Demand better. Because if we continue to do this lesser of two evils, we, well, you end up with the same thing we've got right now, right? It's the a vote for the a vote for the lesser of two evils is still a vote for evil. I mean, at the Period. end of the at the end of the day, our party might be the only party I know of that actually has working solutions that get us out of this mess. We're the and only anti-war party. <laughs> yeah, it puts the onus back on us, right? Uh, we the people. Now, I know this is a lot of platitudes. But I, I'm assuming your listeners can go to my website and be like, oh, that's what he's talking about with regard to foreign policy or 
military crap. But if they really want to know the heart of Chris by, like I make love my mantra, like literally at minus 40, my family is out there because service is important at the community level, not just at the national level where I go to Iraq and I tell people to vote and they all get purple thumbs and, you know, from putting their thumb down and, and uh, keeping people from getting blown up by idiots. But it actually starts at the community, right, with charity and being encouraging. And, you know, I, I hate to steal a line from uh, Judah and the Lion, but that song about, you know, passion, fashion, like that's us. You know, it's not just Led Zeppelin and the immigrant song where I come from the land of the ice and snow with the midnight sun and the harsh ones blow. Right. It's actually more like I'm making love my mantra. Right. Uh, or, you know, Bob Marley. And, you know, I, there's just like we can fix this, but we've got to be brave uh, and we've got to be encouraging for other people to be brave along with us. Right. I mean, in my state, I got six thousand libertarian voters. They're all going to vote for me because I'm awesome. But. But uh, but what I really need is I need about. 40,000 Republicans and I need about 40,000 Democrats. And then those independents, I need all those independents to vote for me as well. And that's a tall order. I'm, I'm, I'm asking people to do something really hard. And I, I acknowledge that up front. Um, Jacob, I, I got to go. I got a whole bunch of little ones coming to teach them how to tie flies. And, no worries. Uh, um, I want to get you back on because I want to get an update about how things go. Sure. So uh, I talk to Shannon quite often. Uh, <laughs> so, We'll, we'll stay in touch. I want to get you back on, get an update of what's going on. And uh, I got one last quick question for you. The only question that really matters. Does pineapple belong on pizza? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, no. You got my vote. <laughs> but no, 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 not pizza, no. No, I am uh, I'm very much a, uh, I'm a meat guy. Uh, I am an yeah. Alaskan downside in fact i'm more likely to have caribou or moose on my pizza before i have any fruit on that bad boy <laughs> uh, hey thanks jacob for having me on yep. I, I hope i didn't ramble too much um usually no, i have great but, uh we, we got a little sidetracked today um I, I really appreciate what you're doing having this podcast and for the audience who take the time to to look at these podcasts you know adding your your two cents and and hitting the like and the subscribe really does make a difference I am uh, not techie. I can't even tell you what the name of my Facebook website is. Shannon will have to do that for me. I'm pretty sure she's probably like cringing right now, but uh, I just I got them. I got them linked in the episode description. It follows <laughs> the episode everywhere it goes. So, okay, good. You know, I, I would, I would end with this, right? I, I know, I know I've said this a couple times, right? I, even in your state, in any state, you know, in the union, it, it, it pays to have people who are brave. Right, to take a leap of faith and know that there are still good people in this country. And those good people are bright and they can see what's happening right now. And they don't need us to, to trumpet our own message. There's already a pretty crappy message out there already. And they're seeing that and they're hungry for a better answer. Like they are, they're in the, they're in the pit of despair, politically speaking. And it has these weird ramifications where people are just angry. You know, if we can pull out a Jack Johnson saw and ask where all the good people have gone, you know, or, <laughs> or you know, Kostasimo uh, Willis with the world's a tangle, right? I mean, that guy, if you're looking for a blues dude, like that dude is pretty good. But if we can get these people and we can take their songs and put them into action and be like, there are good people here. We may need to look for them. We may need to encourage them a little bit. And we need them to be brave and vote normalcy back into governance and not activism. 
you know? So I applaud what you're doing, Jacob. And uh, I wish you the best brother. Uh, you know, you as well. Uh, it's, it's tough running third party, but but we we get to keep our souls and we, we get to keep our uh, ethics and morals. So it's, it's worth every second of it. True. Well, partner, you have a fantastic day. You as well. And we'll get you back on soon. Thanks, Chris. All right. And with that, it, such a great guy, honestly. That's that's why I wanted to get him on. And I wanted to be able to showcase him for himself. It I don't know. It's it's so important for people to be able to see that uh libertarians aren't just uh uh republicans that want to smoke weed or uh democrats that like guns or whatever i've I've heard all of these tropes before and um yeah it's it's actually really important to me to be able to showcase that and to uh showcase what other libertarians have going on across the country uh there's a big movement going on right now uh just as he said people are hungry for freedom and it's to the point that uh, it's, it's not stopping anyone. Uh, this movement is growing quicker and um, with more passion than I've ever seen, which is exactly why I'm involved. That's why this show exists. So on that note, make sure you've hit that like button, that subscribe button. Go ahead. If you think you know somebody that would find this show uh, of some value, go ahead, share it with them. Throw it out on social media. You can go to rise to liberty.com uh, forward slash links, and you can find all of the uh, locations I am on the internet. Um, I have just recently started a, let's see, let me get this pulled up real quick. Oh, come on. Fail. Terrible television. There it is. So I have started a Substack, and it's called Liberty Letter. You can also find that by going to risetoliberty.com slash links. And uh, yeah, it's a newsletter that will get emailed directly to your inbox every time I uh, write a, a newsletter, basically. Uh, just released one today uh, regarding the uh, Misinformation Governance Board and it's secret rebirth uh, that nobody's really talking about. So go ahead and check that out. And on that note, thank you for making it to this point in the show. Stay peaceful, stay free.